I'm Luke Upton. I'm an art therapist, counselor, and settler on the unceded and traditional territories of the Stalo and Chilkawaiq First Nations in British Columbia. This is The Healing Story, a podcast about the journeys we take back from mental illness, addiction, trauma, and loss. I'm joined in our second episode today by Haley Weaver, an artist and freelance illustrator based in Washington State. I've been a big fan of Haley's work for a long time now as a therapist. Her vulnerability and her courage to share her own mental health journey through her artwork has inspired me and inspired many of the clients that I've worked with too. Welcome to the Healing Story Podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here today. And I know we met under quite unusual circumstances. I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. I, I'm really happy that you're here because I, just to, for everybody who doesn't know, Haley Weaver is also known as Haley Drew This online. And Haley's artwork has really connected and resonated with people who have gone through mental health struggles or challenges. And and I'm really excited today to kind of sit down and talk with Haley about where that link came from, where Haley gets her inspiration, and what it's like to be someone who who kind of does this for a living. Like what are the challenges on her own mental health with that? So thank you so much for joining me. And I'd love to just start today with kind of like the beginning for you. Like where were you born? Where are you from? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I was born and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and lived there until I actually went to college. So, um, born and raised on the East Coast. You know, I had I'm I'm one of those people. I'm going to hold my hands up right now. I could probably name and place most of the U.S. states, but some of them elude me a little bit. <laughs> and um, North Carolina was one of them for a while. Like That's fair. I, I what. I watched a bunch of movies where I saw the beach, so I thought, okay, they're definitely on some kind of coast or some kind of, you know, <laughs> but then I, for some reason, I placed it kind of up near Illinois or like Ohio, and I don't know why oh, I thought that's really that funny. Was, yeah, in that area, but like now that I'm, I'm picturing kind of like, like where you grew up and, and now, of course, um, currently you're on the West Coast, right? You're in Washington? I'm in Seattle, yes. Yes, yeah. So quite a different landscape, I would assume. Indeed. <laughs> yes. And like, how, how has like, how, talk me through like art for you. Like when, when did you first start making art? Is this something that you've done all of your life or did somebody have a significant impact in kind of you fostering that, that skill, that talent? Yeah. Um, I really attribute it to both my parents. Um, my mom would always have my siblings and I uh, draw at the kitchen table as one of our like normal activities. Um, we weren't allowed to watch a ton of TV. So it was a lot of reading or drawing or playing with like beanie babies. Um, but we all, my two siblings and I 
all loved drawing a lot. So we would just sit at the kitchen table for hours and just go through reams of computer paper with markers um, and make up stories. And um, we had like an entire imaginary world that we built through our drawings, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I, I just really loved art class in, in school. Um, like I remember loving making pinch pots and doing collages. Um, so I've just always kind of been drawn to it, but never pursued it in a fashion other than like a hobby in my in my childhood and even early adult years. Well, one thing that I come up against very often as an art therapist is I, I, I have clients who come to me and it usually happens in the first session when I first meet them. But the first thing they will say to me is, I'm not good at art. I'm not an artist. Um, this isn't me. Mm. And there's almost this sense of that art is this gift that you're born with. Like you're either struck by the lightning or you're not, um, you know, pre-coming out of the womb. Uh, it's like you're almost born with a paintbrush or you're not, you know, kind of thing. And and I wonder what your views are on that and, and how, because it, it seems like you were sat down at an early age and you just practiced, did it over and over and over again. So I'm wondering, like, was it a balance of the two for you, do you think? Because I can definitely see imagination being something that's difficult to replicate or to to kind of pull out of thin air, I suppose. But, but art is a skill. I wonder if that's something that you can improve just by doing it. Oh, I think definitely. Um, you know, I think about cooking, for example, where you don't know how to cook. Uh, even just making a simple spaghetti dish is going to be a huge event for you. But if you're cooking every day you're going to like master certain skills and kind of level up to new uh, recipes. And I kind of feel the same way about art. Um, I mean, I'll say that like my parents are both pretty creative people. So I'm not sure that I believe that like art is in my blood per se, but I think I was in a, in an environment early on where like art and the value of art was um, valued a lot in my family. Yes. Um, yeah. So I never really questioned if it was something that like mattered Um, but I never like practiced a lot, um, until I started drawing every day, which was, um, when I started my Instagram account actually. Um, and like, you can go back to those early drawings and I think the difference between like the first comics that I would post versus like the work that I'm doing now, there's like a pretty clear difference, uh, not only in medium, but also just in, in general skill and like drawing heads, the proportional size to bodies and stuff like that. So I, I do think you can like kind of feel like you are an artistically talented person or like you maybe like feel uh, drawn to it. But I, I do think it's like anything else where just a lot of practice can, you know, build so much skill. I do love that you have kept those old original drawings on your account because there's almost like a timeline now of just I guess you you improving, you mastering, you even your style, like that that maybe has nothing to do with development, but just to do with like where you are in your life. Yeah. Um, that has kind of influenced, I think, and also something that you've mentioned to me before is technology. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I'm I noticed that there was a lot more color in your most recent ones, and you said that was actually more of a a technological reason, right? Yeah. So when I initially started doing like web comics and um, illustrations to share online, a lot of them were drawn with colored pencil on like white sketch paper. Um, and when I transitioned to 
um, using a digital medium, which right now I use an app called Procreate and um, it's on my iPad and I have an Apple pencil to um, do all of that. Like there's just so much more flexibility with color and like erasing things. Cause a lot of like, even the colored pencil drawings, you can go back and see like little mistakes that are etched out or like tried, like I tried to cover them up. <laughs> so there's just like a lot more freedom to kind of play around and change things and have more of a color palette and have colored backgrounds, for example. Um, so technology, I think gives this like the option to really like explore a lot more than um, I think some of the like, I guess, more traditional um, art supplies can like kind of restrict, even though they have their obvious and incredible place in art, in the art world. Yes. I guess. Yeah. 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 And, and thinking about the business side of it now, because this is your, your job now, right? This is like your, uh, your self-employed as an artist. I, I sure am. <laughs> um, some, yeah, which is amazing. And I, I do want to ask you more questions about that in a little bit, because, um, there, there is definitely, I think sometimes we think about the flexibility of being self-employed, but we don't necessarily con- consider, um, the, the pressures and, the strain on mental health and boundaries and all of those things. Totally. Um, so that's something that I definitely want to talk about with you because I'm not self-employed. So um, having having this opportunity is is great for for also others too who might be curious about in the future whether they want to. But just in thinking about it, this is a business now for you. Um, it seems like you would have more outputs as well um, because it it seems as though like working on an iPad might make it faster. Would that, is that right? Um, I think there's a lot, I don't know, parts of it are faster, but, um, I think there are definitely moments where I spend way too much time, like resizing something or playing around with colors and not like just committing because there is the ability to change so easily. Whereas, I don't know, I think there's like this kind of beautiful permanence with, um, you know, paint or markers or colored pencils that like, there's kind of like a beauty in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There is like, and I, and I, I think what I'm seeing more nowadays as well is I, I guess I could call it imperfect art. I think, I think there was, there, mm-hmm. there was like a, a time where there were, there were the things that were being produced, especially on Instagram and, and other platforms or the visual platforms, there was almost like a perfectionistic quality to them where, you know, they were just completely like airbrushed to perfection and, you know, whether it was photography or illustration or whatever. Um, whereas I even think about Jessie Cave, who the actress who was in the Harry Potter films and Yes. And she has yes. she's her work is so cute. Right. And she she's incredibly cute. Yeah. And and her style and her thing is in almost like the imperfection of her work. It's not in the the kind of like the completeness of it or the um the kind of like the polishedness of it. It's um it's in something that's more endearing and something more relatable, I think. Absolutely. I completely agree. So in, in thinking about this as, as your career now, um, let's talk a little bit about, because I do want to get to like the mental health themes within the work, um, but it, it seems like this might be a good opportunity to explore as well. Um, what has it been like for you to kind of transition to being... I guess, an entrepreneur now, because you've not just got the creation, the creative side and, and the themes that you're exploring in the art, but you've also got the very real challenges, I suppose, of, of running a business. 
Yeah, it, it, it's been a really strange transition. And I will also note that I switched right before uh, COVID kind of exploded in the United States. So um, that's been a really strange like wrench thrown in everything. But um, I won't go too far into that because I think that's happening to everyone, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think I, I had jobs before uh, becoming a freelance artist that um, were more like client facing. Like I worked as an account manager and a copywriter for digital marketing agencies. So I've like kind of been entrenched in the business side of things before, um, which like at the time I was like, I'm not very good at this or I don't understand the point of this. But now I look back and feel really grateful that I had the opportunity to learn and um, experience uh, a business that was already up and running and kind of see how it was done, I guess. Um, So that's been useful, but I'll be honest, it's been a lot of just like closing my eyes, taking a step forward and hoping my foot lands. Um, it, it, I, I have asked for some advice from like fellow artists who are freelancers, um, which is great because the community is really supportive um, and that's been helpful. But mostly it's just a lot of like hoping that I'm taking the right steps to towards success, which is really scary. I'm not going to lie. Yes, no, it, it almost seems like you're going in blind to a certain degree, even though you've got the support of of people in the community who understand what it's like to be, you know, like, that there's something very, even, even as a therapist, for example, going into private practice, the thing that people always say is you don't have other people doing the same job around you on the team, that you can just turn around and talk to the person behind you, you know, unless you're in some kind of work share environment. Um, and, and, and you're never quite working on the same stuff because you're all working on kind of your own vision and your own kind of message. Um, so, and, and I also hear you on, on the COVID-19 front as well, that, that, you know, what a time to make a huge transition and then go through an even bigger one as well. So, um, (laughs) yeah. And and to your point, like, like being your own boss and also being the content producer is a really strange balance to figure out. And then there's all these other little things that you don't even realize you have to do, like kind of be the PR person for yourself and be like your biggest cheerleader, but also be a critic and, um, deal with like the logistical stuff. Like, I, I mean, I know you probably were planning to get to this later, but even when I have people like you reach out to me and say, Hey, I think I, we, cause we met just to make it clear. We met because Luke reached out to me and, um, shared that, um, someone had like kind of repurposed my art and like that's, that kind of thing is just so infuriating when you're, um, a freelance artist, but it's so helpful to have people like you who pointed out and kind of help take that load off. Um, so I don't know there have been parts where I'm like, okay, there's still community and like, uh, not coworkers per se, but just like people who are looking out for me, which is like a weird thing I didn't necessarily expect, but it is, it is complicated. And you know, like I, when I, when I saw it, I was infuriated for you. I felt so kind of pissed off and, and you know what, as well, it was even more insulting. It was a really crap version of yours. Like it was, <laughs> it wasn't even that. like, it really was like, it was, it was like, like a kind of a Photoshop job that someone could have done, you know, just on the side. Um, and it, and you could tell it was done so quickly just to kind of, someone saw it and thought, oh, that's cute. I'll make my own. Um, so I'm not technically on the hook around copyright but it was no it was like clearly a ripoff of yours so um and 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 just to kind of talk to what you've just mentioned about the balance of 
you know, you have to be this person who, for lack of a better term, kind of churns out the work, um, but also runs the business, does the client-facing things. I'm sure deals with finances and pitches and pretty much everything, right? You're doing, you're wearing every hat kind of um, under this operation. Um, and I'm wondering, like, what has been the most challenging for you in that, in that role, uh, in these many roles? Yeah, I think it's standing up for myself and, mm. you know, taking projects that make sense for me and saying no to things that don't make sense or aren't paying or paying enough. Um, and just knowing my worth, uh, that's been really hard to figure out, especially because, um, this transition, this is like, this started as a hobby. Um, so I never saw it going to a place where like it would be a full-time gig. Um, and now just trying to put value to some of this, like just work that I've done for myself is really strange and a lot harder than I expected. One thing I hear from people who really enjoy doing something for a hobby, you know, I, I have an aunt who, who knits and crochets um, and she has made like the most amazing baby blankets for my, um, for my brother's baby. And my brother was like, Oh my God, you could like make these and sell them on Etsy. And, but my aunt would say, no, I would lose any interest or like the joy of, of doing that if I if I did it like that so I wonder like how have you kept the joy in in what you do becoming uh, a profession I think it helps a lot to still just create things for myself um and even like when I do have a lot of projects I still try to like make you know the free content that I share on Instagram um and make it stuff that like I'm not making because I feel like I have to it's because I have something to share or a feeling to work through um so that's kind of left it feeling like the self-care-esque uh, uh, activity that I it started as. Um, and I think that helps it remain joyful rather than just uh, stressful and feel like a chore. You touched upon then about exploring a feeling. And one thing that is very clear about your work is that you explore themes of feelings, emotions, mental health, basically the human condition. And I was wondering, like, when did your work graduate from, like, say, art that maybe wasn't as vulnerable and connected to you? And when did you start exploring some of those, some of those more serious, more, more, um, I guess, more internal themes? I think it was a gradual realization that um, it was something people were responding to in a positive way, and that it wasn't like, me embarrassing myself on stage by just like, I don't know, being like, this is every insecurity I've ever had, where I thought the audience would laugh at me. But really, it's people just being like, yeah, me too. Um, I think, it again, it was really slow. I'm not a naturally super vulnerable person. I get really anxious about, I think, sharing things. And I'm continuing to work on that. It's, it's a daily battle. Um, but there was a day, like, I think it was 2018, maybe it was 2019. It was 2019. Wow. I have no idea what time is anymore. <laughs> um, but I had a panic attack and then I thought, I, I feel like this is something I never talk about and it might help me to just talk about it. And I, so I did, I shared like a comic about it and there were so many like comforting responses from people that I didn't know. And also people that I did know. Um, and it just made me feel really heard and realized that like, we're all having our own battles, but in a way we're suffering the same feelings and, you know, I'll experience the human condition. And it helps me realize that like sharing that is one of 
the most powerful things I can do with the platform I have and also like in a selfish way for myself to work through and uh, receive validation that I'm not alone. <laughs> well, and as we record this, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic where everyone is so isolated. And I think now more than ever, that message of feeling connected and being seen is so important. You know, from a distance, you're really providing a thread, I feel, to to for, for people to kind of cling on to and, and see themselves within it and then see the comments and also see, oh, wow, like, it's not just me, because I think we carry a lot of shame sometimes around the feelings that we feel. And, and, and the, the kind of the loneliness of this must only be me. And I can't talk about it, because people will think I'm, I'm crazy of another word that's, you know, stigmatizing. Now, I don't want to embarrass you. So I'm only going to touch on this briefly. But you do have an extremely large following, I have to say. And I think that really speaks to what you're talking about, which is why I'm connecting to that. It, 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 it seems like, I mean, did that happen quickly or was it just a very gradual thing? Because it, it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but when you started to post more about mental health, um, your following just kind of skyrocketed. And maybe that's because people were really like looking at your work and kind of going, yes. Like I'm, I am there. Like that is me. Yeah, I'm. I'm really not sure. I I've seen a couple of different spots where there was like, a, for lack of a better word, a spike. Um, and those times were definitely when I started sharing more about my mental health, and then also when I switched from, um, colored pencil to digital, which I think was just like the color popping, uh, being an attractive, uh, and more, I guess visually appealing page but yeah I don't know it, it's it was really really cool at first when I had first started my page and like I got I think like a hundred followers in the first month and I I remember that was one of the more exciting moments and like reaching just like each little milestone in the beginning felt so cool because it made me feel validated and um just sharing work and now it just feels cool to have a community and know that you know a lot of the feelings I'm having aren't you know just against like just me yeah is it is it different I don't know did I answer your question no absolutely and I'm and I'm also wondering like is it difficult as a result to switch off at night like do you have to like almost block the app so you can just you know spend time with your family in the evening oh I don't I keep all notifications off and um try not to like I I like to engage and like make sure that I'm you know looking at comments because that that's really I think soul giving but um, just like anything, spending too much time on, you know, Instagram doesn't do a lot for me. So I don't answer DMs a lot. Um, I don't spend a lot of time just scrolling through. Um, but that's more of like a my mental health thing over, you know, wanting to engage, I think, weirdly. It sounds like looking after your mental health is such a huge part of this job as well, like, especially being self-employed. Um, having some firm brown boundaries, it seems like that's a big thing too. Yeah, I've I, and again, it's been really funny to start this, you know, while not having like the normal routine um, outside of work. But yeah, it, it is it's it's challenging for sure. Um, I think boundary setting is one of my weaknesses, <laughs> um, so I have to be really thoughtful about even just setting the very general boundaries of like, when am I supposed to be working? How often should I post? Like, how often should I respond to things? How seriously should I take everything? Um, 
And it, it's like its own little mental gymnastics uh, workout, and it's not very fun. <laughs> I love that 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 description you just gave of mental gymnastics. It, it reminds me of um, of yeah, sometimes even the interventions that we use as therapists to help people kind of just be in good shape, you know, mentally, and and to help them kind of find ways to to be fit or to be you know, to have things in their back pocket that they can do in case that, you know, like you said before, they do experience a panic attack or they do have um, a, a kind of an episode of depression or a, or a huge kind of, you know, I always say that anxiety is is not, it doesn't just um, come into your body physiologically when you're having a thought of something that's anxious. It's almost like something that you switch on and it doesn't turn off for about seven days. So um, you can you can, you can trigger some physical symptoms of anxiety and it doesn't go away for a while. So, um, and because sometimes I, I, you know, I see people and they're like, well, I'm not, I'm not like, nothing's happening and I'm not thinking of anything that is, that is really, you know, bothering me in that way. Um, but it could have been like one thing amongst everything else. Um, and, and these things make us do very odd things sometimes, you know, like, and, and how we perceive ourselves when we're behaving in ways that are kind of keeping us safe or keeping us feeling good. Um, I, I also see that in your artwork too. It's like, it's a very charming kind of very self-deprecating way of, uh, of, of seeing yourself. I suppose it's like a mirror. Yeah, no, it's true. And, 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 and that, I think that's just, a, it's just a testament to, to the, like you said, the, the, you talked about finding a community of, of artists, but it's, you've built a community of your own now. And, um, and that, that also kind of makes a segue into um, like on your website, you talk about doing outreach work. And I know this is kind of something that kind of comes along every now and then for you, but um, what has that been like in, in your experience so far? Yeah. Um, I have a few friends that are teachers. Um, one of whom is in a, at a high school and one's in a middle school, but um, I've, you know, Skyped into classes and talked about just my career and how I, you know, maintain confidence, not only as an artist, but also as like a woman in business. Um, I talked to actually an eighth grade group of girls um, about that. And it was really cool to see them, you know, get excited about their own futures and ask me questions about like how I got to where I am, which, you know, has been its own windy road. So um, I don't know, I like I like making adulthood seem less scary and more exciting. Um, and then the other one that I recently did was working with a 12th grade class at an alternative school. Um, and I illustrated all of their essays or their stories. They wrote these short stories. Um, and it was really, really fun. And so the illustrations will be in their little lit mag at the end of the year. Um, I guess now it is the end of the year. <laughs> so, um, that one was a really fun one too. That sounds really cute. And it sounds like something, you know, in a way, um, you're wanting to give back, it seems like with, with, with your work and also help others find ways of coping, maybe not directly, like, you know, like, here's my coping workshop, I'm Haley, but like, more, but more in like, you know, you, you, you kind of, <laughs> One day. Right? I mean, you could do that, that would be awesome. Um, but, you know, just, just this, this sense of like, um, uh, you, one thing that you told me before about um, your creativity and maybe getting it from your parents um, was, you know, it, it seemed like you weren't sure that it was necessarily like an inherited trait, but you did have parents who exposed you to it and did encourage it. And they didn't kind of say, 
oh, we don't do that in our family, or um, you can't draw because that picture doesn't look exactly like what you were meaning it to be. Um, and it sounds like in a way you're almost doing that for other people now. You're kind of encouraging them and saying, no, keep going, don't stop. Um, because, you know, it's a, yeah, it seems like it. It's because if, if you, if you think about it, um, if we just gave up when we first tried to walk, we, we wouldn't be doing it. We'd be crawling on the floor, right? We wouldn't even be, um, walking around. So, uh, and I think the arts in general are very underestimated. They're very underappreciated. I think we turn to them every day for enjoyment, for self-care, but I don't think they get as much funding, they get as much, you know, there's not as much serious kind of um, investment put into them. Um, so having someone like you go in to a school probably means a lot to the students. Um, and then that can be, I, I suppose, it, it must feel so good to come out of there, you know, in a way, knowing that you've you kind of like touched people and made that connection. It's awesome. Um, and again, like working alone, it's really cool to connect with people in general. So I think any opportunity I have to work yes. with like kids or adults, I'm just excited to, um, I don't know, just interact. <laughs> now, I know it's difficult to talk about the future, especially now. Um, and I know you've mentioned before, <laughs> I know you've mentioned before about how social media, especially like, no, like, and you're not the only one to talk about this. Like, I feel like everyone I've spoken to who has made some kind of, they've broken ground, so to speak, on, on social media for their career, um, have said, you know, like, I don't know how long this is going to last because it's so kind of precarious and that, you know, it's, it's very, um, like it could just come and go, I suppose. Um, it, it, like, how do you? How do you, um, I suppose, plan for the future? Like, how do you, like, what do you foresee going on? Do you want to do more mental health-based um, pieces of work? And, um, and, and, if, and if you have even pipe dreams, like, what do they look like? It's a great question. Um, yeah, I'm terrified of, I think, like, the end of the Instagram era just because there is such a business model um, on it now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, we'll have to kind of pivot as with anything. Right. But, um, yeah, when I think about that, it, it, and of course you can't imagine what the next thing will be and I'm not getting on TikTok, So, <laughs> um, that, that can't be the next step, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've always identified as a writer first. Um, I think the art kind of supports usually the writing that I'm doing in a weird way. Um, so I always have had a dream of writing a book. Um, that's something I've actually been thinking about a lot. Like what story, is, am I, do I have that is worth telling? Um, what thoughts do I have that are worth, you know, putting together? And like, is there a big enough argument to create a whole book? Um, cause I don't ever want to make something just to make it. So I think that's been like one of my bigger questions there. Um, and then on the mental health end, I, I would, I, I get anxious, uh, attaching too much of the mental health, uh, I guess like creator to my title since I just don't have any like uh, you know, education, ba like education in psychology beyond like a 10th grade class. Um, so I, I get nervous, you know, thinking about pursuing that unless I, I think maybe got more education. Um, especially since a lot of like what I speak to is from my own experience rather than like, I think speaking to what other people are feeling. Um, I, I feel lucky that a lot of people relate to what I'm feeling. Um, so I don't know, I, I would love to find some sort of like common ground between the two where I can continue to like 
talk about my experience, but hopefully make it not so navel gazing and more something that people can relate to and feel seen in. What you just said there really resonated with me. Um, I started my career as a filmmaker. And so this idea of stealing art, for example, is very personal as well. Um, but something that you just mentioned reminded me of when I first applied to art therapy school with no psychology background. And that's kind of how I started my career before I did a master's in counseling as well. And something that my that mm. my teacher said to me in the interview was, um, don't ever underestimate your life experience and how that will um, contribute to like the sessions that you have with people. And it's, it is the best tool. I mean, it, it, I have always loved that I'm an empathetic person, but I do think that like understanding myself better lets me be even more empathetic and a better listener and a better, uh, I guess, friend and family member and whatever else I am to people. But, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. I could also totally see like your work in a book, you know, whether it's a graphic novel or like a, a small book of, you know, almost like, you know, illustrations that kind of stand alone. Thank you. Um, like something like that. No, I really couldn't. I could see them even on cards, you know, like cute card, like greeting cards, like yes. something like that. I'm like, I'm like just designing your whole career for you now. You can tell me to shut up. Oh, please do. Um, no, I need lots like, of validation <laughs> and support. So this is working out just great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think this talk, as much as it's interesting around the themes that you've woven into your work, I think it's also hopefully really educational for people who maybe want to follow a similar path that you've taken. Um, and they, they do see themselves as more as an, ind- of an independent spirit, you know, a pioneering spirit in, in, in the world and, and having their own message out there. There are definitely the challenges that you've talked about, about like, you know, the legalities and the, the, the kind of like the, the, the loneliness, I guess is, is maybe what I'm sensing from working alone when you don't have a team um, but, but also just having the freedom to do whatever work you want. And, and, and I suppose that becomes more complicated as you build a brand on maybe a certain thing. Um, but, um, you know, I think you, as you said before, and I do want to touch on a little bit, a bit about this before we go today, but you mentioned more about also being, you know, representative of a woman who is doing well and who is doing, you know, well as an independent kind of entrepreneur. And like, and I wondered like how much that means to you as well. And like, whether that's something that you've thought about moving forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think early in my career, um, I remember my, both my parents, you know, talked to me about how I would, you know, have to ask for raises and like, make sure that I was asking for what I deserved. And like, that always really intimidated me. Um, like the idea of asking for something for myself was, really scary. Um, and again, I feel really lucky that I started my career at, um, you know, in these, in small businesses and in like marketing agencies where I was able to watch like other people and like how they succeeded and kind of learn from them. Um, and I think a lot of that work instilled confidence in me and like taught me to kind of fight for myself because it's not my natural inclination to ask for things. Um, I get really like, I get a feeling of guilt and like, I don't deserve it, which is super unhealthy and not true. Um, and so I, I, I don't want to come across as like, oh, I've got this in the bag because I really don't. I have to really talk myself up still. Um, but I, am, I, I do feel really grateful for having had space to learn how to do that, I guess, if that makes any sense. 
It does. It sounds like, you know, you have a real grasp on your own value. And, you know, you you have, like, the voice to kind of say, no, I'm not going to be used or, you know, kind of undersold or any of those things. And, and it's definitely a fight that, I mean, this is a whole other talk that I would love to get into. Um, but, um, you know, I have no idea what it's like to be a woman, but as an LGBTQ male... Um, I, I understand on some level, I suppose, like what it means, what it what it's like to be kind of oppressed and what it means to be kind of like pushed down. Um, and so even even like what you're saying, like breaks my heart a little bit because I think about the, the straight white men out there who just get given raises. They just get given promotions and they get given all of these things and it's just a given in itself. And, um, and, and you know, it, it really sounds like what you're saying is that you know, your parents had to almost like drill that into you to ensure that you knew the reality of it. And, um, and hopefully that is changing kind of as we move forward and we go through like these movements like Me Too and, you know, like we're, we're becoming much more aware of the diversity and, and, um, and the visible minorities in our, in our culture, in our Western culture. Um, but um, also, I think you just being a role model by being who you are is such an empowering thing for young women and girls to see. So, um, and I, and I hope that, um, in time that becomes more comfortable for you. Cause I know it's probably a bit weird to, to think about. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I try to remind myself that I have, I am the reason that I'm here. And I think that can be, something I forget really easily. Like I am the person who drew all the the pictures. I am the person that, you know, brainstormed ideas and I'm the person that like practiced my work. And I think that's like really comforting to come back to and remember like, Oh, I wasn't, I did have to work for this. And I don't know, there, there's something really cool about growing something or doing something for you or on your own that gives you the validation that like, honestly, nothing else really could like, no, no article, no award. I mean, of course those are validating, but it's, it's just this like intrinsic thing that feels special just for you, um, that you get to share. So that's like my one saving grace or like, uh, attempt to share, uh, I guess a more positive spin on it, but yeah, it, it, there are definitely parts that are hard and it, it, it can be hard to like, remember that, you know, no, I, I am I, the person absolutely. who started it. Yeah. Especially when you maybe have a world that doesn't validate that and everything around you yeah. is almost saying like you know oh are you worthy of this like and that's something that I see a lot I see a lot with people um is their kind of like their their inability to um feel like they're worthy of what they've achieved or that it's okay to be who they are um and uh, one thing that I kind of want to end on is if there was a Haley out there a young Haley or someone, even, even, you know, um, anyone really who is wanting to kind of follow a path that you're following and, and they really want to do it. And maybe they're, they're like, they've got anxiety or they're, they're short on confidence. Like what would be, I don't want to say advice because I know I really value what you said before about how everyone's journey is different and everyone um, everyone's path is different, but if you could tell them like one thing or you could say anything to them, what would you say? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think aside from always being able to come back to yourself and knowing that everything that you need is like within you, um, 
the one thing that always gives me comfort is just knowing that things are temporary. So setbacks are temporary. There are always solutions. Like nothing is permanent. Um, and you know, success is slow, but, or success can be slow, but one day you'll hopefully look back and realize that like all the little steps and setbacks and things that again, were not permanent, um, but felt maybe permanent. were just leading you towards your goals, you know, as long as you are actually <laughs> doing the things to work towards them. I, I always like to think about life, like on the outside has weather and seasons and life on the inside does as well. Mm-hmm. So I always, it does. You know, it really does. Yeah. I, I often, you know, I, I think about myself even throughout the day and I'm like, am I, where am I now? Is it winter? Because I feel horrific. Um, like, is it spring? Yeah. Something's blossoming, but it's not quite there yet. Um, is it summer? Am yeah. I in full bloom? Or are things kind of shifting? Um, I'm not quite sure how they're going to go and they kind of seem like maybe we're going into hibernation mode. It's like the fall. So, and, and there, there, so true. there are so many good metaphors, right, to represent that. But I... I um, I really, I really love what you said there, and and, um, and I, I really want to thank you again for sitting down with me today because um, I'm a huge fan of you. I know other people probably are, and if if you're not familiar with Haley's work, then you can find her at Haley Drew this on Instagram, and that's H A L E Y, um, and then also your website is um, HaleyDrewThis.com. Is that right? It's true. All right, there we go. So thanks so much, Haley, and. Um, And hopefully we get to do this again soon, maybe about something else. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. 